Hey, good morning, everybody. How are y'all? Guys, that was awesome. Thank y'all big time. Oh, here we are. What a weekend. It is so great to be here with everyone. Thank you guys for joining us and me today. What a treat. This week was Veterans Day. This week had Veterans Day and the Marine Corps birthday. What an amazing deal. Thank you guys so much. Yeah. What a few of us. Yeah. Thank you guys. And uh, I, I can't do it justice. We're going to start with a video, but just thank you guys so much. Fathers, our grandparents, neighbors, and friends, they served in a thousand different ways in places spanning the globe, watching, waiting, and ready at a moment's notice to give what was asked of them. So now, we pause to express our gratitude and love toward those who served. Each swore a sacred oath to protect, and each bravely stood in our place around the world, all so that we could stand secure in the land of the free. Words like sacrifice, honor, commitment, integrity, bravery, and courage hardly scratch the surface of our gratitude for their service. While our words fail against the enormity of expressing our thanks for all you've done, we still raise our voices and honor you in our hearts, which are filled with the deepest kind of gratitude. To all of you, we pause to say, God bless you. And thank you for your service. The last words in the video were, thank you for your service. And of course, this week, with, with it being veterans, it is appropriate for us to stop and, and express that exact sentiment to those who, who keep us safe, who, who stand in, in harm's way. One of the things that I'm, I'm old enough to remember a time where it wasn't normal to say thanks to our servicemen. There was a very dark period in our country where, where they weren't honored. And uh, as a matter of fact, they were reviled in, in some kids' situations and them and their families. And so this, this ability that we have now and the encouragement that when you see a serviceman, it's so common now when they're wearing their hats, their T-shirts, and they acknowledge that they've served our country is to say, thank you for your service. Thank you uh, for what you have done for us. And, and, and we're acknowledging that today. Uh, from the founding of our country up to the very moment that we're talking right now. There's been a group of men and women who have stepped forward and said, we will pick up the mantle. We will stand as, as a shield against any evil coming to this country. Uh, and again, this is, a, one of, this is the founding hope that we have that over periods of time and even centuries, we became the greatest nation in the world. 
And today, veterans are still fighting and they're still sacrificing us. They're still leaving their families and families are still uh, being part of this process of protecting us. Today, we say thank you. Freedom is not free and, and men and women have decided to, to commit themselves to it. And I, I thought it would be appropriate for some who haven't seen it to understand the commitment that a serviceman makes. When you stand up and, and you're sworn in, which many of us here have been, we, we give our name. I solemnly swear and affirm that I will support and defend the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. I'll bear, here's, I want to highlight this. I will bear true faith and allegiance to the same. I'll obey orders of the president, orders of officers, and appoint it over me. So help me God. This faithfulness that they have. Today our topic is faithfulness. And so just to, just to pull out that this is a promise that men and women make to be faithful uh, to this country, to their God, to be able to, to stand between us and evil. And in 2021, this is a dangerous commitment. Sometimes we forget. We get isolated. We, we, we think our oceans protect us in this world. Uh, I believe that today, this time, uh, more than any other time in the past, we face nations, religions, ideologies that have publicly stated they want to defeat us. They want to destroy us. They want to take our freedom. They, they make it public policy to do that. They want to enslave us and destroy us. Make no mistake, uh, the drums of war are beating very loudly again in this world. Uh, I think only, a, only someone with their head totally in the sand will not see the dangers encroaching upon us. Armies are being built for the sole purpose of attacking us. Russia, China, Iran, North Korea, terrorists are building weapons, technologies, uh, most of the technology stolen from us, by the way, uh, that we at this time cannot defeat. Hypersonic missiles, navies, airplanes, cyber weapons, space-based satellites, circle the world, looking down on us even as we speak. You can watch them go over at night, carrying both uh, the ability to spy on us and to destroy us with weapons that they have inside. These are very dangerous times. Uh, China is building a navy at twice the rate we are. Now, why would China that is that is a land-based country, really, if it goes out to the east, it can go everywhere except the Americas. And by the way, half their ships are in for amphibious assault. Just to let you know that, that they have that plan to do amphibious assault. Obviously, first Taiwan, Japan, and then further around the world. They're real enemies uh, that are out there. And it's our, again, it's our veterans that stand in the way. It's our veterans that protect us. And so as, as a way of honoring today, uh, the veterans, I would like to ask all the veterans that are present today, past, present, stand, please, so we can acknowledge you. Thank you. Thank you for your service. Uh, well, would you, would you join me in prayer, please? Heavenly Father, we, we humbly stand before you, the creator of all, that, that loves us in ways we can't understand. Lord, we thank you that, that you, you planted in the, in the hearts of our founding fathers the wisdom and the courage to build a nation that honored you. 
that, that puts boldly out in God we trust. Lord, forgive us for turning away from many of the promises that were made to you. Lord, you, you tell us if, if, if you call upon us, uh, if, you, if you discipline and correct us, if we will, as your people, humble ourselves and pray, turn from our personal sins, seek God, uh, then you will heal our lands. Lord, we need healing. Thank you that you will continue to do that. Thanks for those who are standing between us and, and the dangers of this world as I speak. Thank you in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. And it's, it's also important uh, at this time to, to acknowledge another very important event. I'm sure you're all just sitting on the edge of your chair uh, knowing that this is going to be brought up. Uh, this last week uh, is the Marine Corps birthday. For those of you who don't know it, uh, the, the Marine Corps is the longest existing service. Uh, and again, the Navy's just a part of the Marine Corps. Uh, <laughs> thought I would throw that out just for my Marine cohorts that are here. Uh, but, the, but the slogan of the Marine Corps is, is our topic today. It says, uh, Semper Fidelis, always faithful. Today we're talking about the spiritual gift of faithfulness that God gives those people who follow him. And so I thought it was appropriate uh, to put the uh, Marine Corps symbol up. Uh, for those who have earned the title of Marine, November 10th, is the, is the 246th birthday of the Marines. So happy birthday, Marines, uh, while I say that. The slogan, uh, always faithful. I remember the first, it's typical for Marines. When I pass someone that's got a T-shirt on or Marine, often we'll greet here in the, in the coffee thing and, and everything else. Coffee pots are where Marines collect. It's like flies on sugar. But uh, uh, as we would gather there, it would be a simper fi, we would say to each other. This is an acknowledgement of, of one Marine to another. I remember, uh, I, I love telling this story. I was down at Newport uh, Beach, and I was just, I was actually, I was walking to the gym. And so, uh, but I, I passed a guy coming at me who's got a Marine Corps shirt on. And so I go past him and I give the appropriate greeting because I knew who he was. I didn't have that uh, on at that time. And so I said, simplify. And he kept walking and he said, do or die. So the quick exchange, always, you know, simplify, do or die is really a Marine Corps exchange. I love that. Uh, thank you, Marines. Happy birthday. Uh, okay, now we're going to get back to the message now that I've done the political ad uh, uh, for today. Uh, Introduction. What, what are we talking about? We're talking about the fruit of faithfulness. The, the fruit of faithfulness inside of our lives. We, we started a series several weeks ago that talks about the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit is something that grows in our life like, like fruit grows on a tree when we come to know Christ. He implants in us gifts of the Holy Spirit because what, what this is is as the Holy Spirit lives and resides in us, the nature, the character, the personality, the attitude if you will, of the Holy Spirit comes and dwells in us. And it, as we mature in Christ, that fruit appears in our lives so that we might be able to show love and joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Today's faithfulness is our fruit. But again, the reminder from, from two weeks ago when we introduced this, God gives us not only the fruit but the power to carry it out. On the day of Pentecost, the church was given the gift of the Holy Spirit. And it's, we, we were told that when the power comes upon us, that uh, we'll receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and we'll be witnesses 
to the world of Jesus Christ. Now, we point this out, and as followers of Christ, it's, it's really important that we remember that our witness to the world first is founded on who we are. We carry the message of Christ, honestly and, and truly. We, we carry the good news of Christ, but we carry it in, in human form. And what gives us credibility, what gives us uh, uh, impact, is that we've changed ourselves and we offer to the world the character of Christ. Do we become perfect? Absolutely not. But do, but do we come with these fruit growing inside of our lives? And, and I want to mention, as we have the list up, my opinion, and I think you'll agree, this is the character that we want. When raising children, you want them to be able to learn to, to love. When I interact with people, I want to be able to show, show love. And, and, and I want that deep-seated joy and peace inside my heart. Not on external circumstances that the world looks for to make me happy. The holy nature of the Spirit comes in, and I want joy and peace. And, and oh, patience. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago. Uh, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. These are the fruit that God wants to give us. He gives us with the Holy Spirit. And this is truly, truly the uh, character that we want. It's the personality that we want. This, this is mental health, if you will, in a, in a world that desperately needs mental health. This is the right personality in, in an area where personality challenges exist around us. This is the, 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 the mental health that we want. This is the health that we want. So this, this faithfulness, each of the fruit, define us. And, and it's what we want. There's, I don't think there's a, there, there could be an argument against any of these things. Today we focus on faithfulness and unfaithfulness as a choice of the fruit that we have. So let's, our faithfulness, if you will, defines our future because we have to be faithful to what God has given us that goes forward. I, I put this up. This is a, there's a good apple I was going to use the uh, uh, Apple from Apple computers there as kind of a slam because I'm a, never mind. Uh, but these are the two fruit. And, and I think if we look at this in our life, we want to be steadfast in affection, firm in adherence to a promise, true to the facts, to a standard. Unfaithful is not faithful. Not adhering to our duty. And let's look at this next one. Not faithful to our marriage vows. These are the definitions that come out of the Webster Dictionary. Faithfulness. We choose, and, and I, without a doubt, we choose, we should choose to be faithful. And God gives that to us. But I, I thought I would put up the, the final test, the pop, not even a pop quiz, the final test that we'll all go through. And it's based on faithfulness. Because there'll be a time when all of us are going to face Christ. And so as, as we do that, uh, Jesus will have a response to us. Jesus will sell, say, well done, good and faithful servant. A faithful servant who has followed Christ, committed their lives to Christ, lived Christ, served others as Christ, faithful to the promises that are in front of us. And he says, you had that, you were faithful with it, Enter into the joy of your master. 
the reward for faithfulness, this gift that he gives us. And the second one is that the master of that servant will come on a day when he doesn't expect it. We have an unfaithful servant at an hour he does not know. And he will say, cutting the pieces and put him with the unfaithful. There's faithful to Jesus Christ, and there's those who reject and who are unfaithful. These are stark, challenging words. And it should, by the way, call to mind the seriousness of the battle we're in. Faithfulness to God will be the measure. The love of God and faithfulness will be the measure in the final analysis. So as we go forward with, with faithfulness, we want to be able to talk and encourage it. You know, if our life is uh, defined by all of the things that are there, emotions and thoughts, we want faithfulness in our life. We're, we're going to talk about that because we want it. We want it in our marriages. I want it in my parenting. I want, as, 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 as our kids, we want them to be faithful to what we teach them. This is a big deal. So why aren't we faithful all the time? Why isn't it really simple? Well, because we're in a spiritual battle. And it's not the spiritual battle out there, and that's real with, with the, everything that's going on in our media and our school systems and everything else that's taking place. There is a battle, a spiritual battle. It's very visible uh, inside of our world. But there's a battle inside of me, if I'm honest. And there's a battle inside of you, if you're honest. We always don't do the things that we want to do. Quite often, we do the things that we don't want to do. The verse that's a reminder of this each week we've looked at it. Uh, the writer tells us, walk by the Spirit, the Spirit that's in us, and, and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. There's a battle between flesh and spirit. The Holy Spirit battles against my human nature. Because as wonderful and spectacular as I look up here, I'm still a sinner. I still have a, a desire inside of me to be prideful, to be selfish, to control other people, to, to, to indulge mind, emotion, and things. There's that battle inside of me, and it, it's a real battle. The battle wasn't there until I, when I became a, a Christian and Christ came to live in me. Before that, I just did what I wanted to do. There was, there was nothing holding me back. But now the battle exists in each of us. So we walk by the Spirit and don't gratify the desires of the flesh. The desires of the flesh are when someone cuts us off in traffic, we, we, we encourage them with fine, kind words and often hand gestures that are appropriate to the occasion. Uh, when someone insults us, when someone uh, says something about us, gossips about us, takes a, we, we don't always respond the right way. We get defensive. We protect ourselves. This is, uh, this is, not, this is walking in the flesh. That's that battle that's there. They, they battle themselves against each other. They're opposed to each other. They keep us from doing what we want to do. Because we certainly all want to walk in faithfulness, love, joy, peace, patience. That should be our life. But there's a battle going on. So I remind us of that every week. And, I'm, and, and as we talk about faithfulness, I'm going to put it in a context where it's so important to be faithful. It's so important to not waver. God gives us an example and encourages us to look at his gift of marriage as a place where we should be faithful. You know, this is uh, the fruit that we will have in a, in a marriage that honors God, 
steadfast affection, firm in affections and promises, true to the facts, and unfaithful. We hear the words, an unfaithful mate, and they're, 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 they're spoken, and, and, and many here, many here have suffered the pain of being married to an unfaithful mate. The, the reality is there. And this is, this is not the beginning of this. This is, this is an analogy and a picture that God puts in front of us. Uh, we're told that a man should, should leave his father and his mother. And as, as he does that, uh, hold fast to his wife. The two become one. This, it's a profound mystery, this, this idea of marriage. Now, I didn't think it was a mystery when I started I thought it was just a matter of my wife doing what I wanted, and all mystery would go away. That didn't work so well. I don't know about anyone else. But it, what, what changed was when I, and, and this is the picture, this mystery of a husband and wife meeting each other, becoming one, uh, and living a life together is a representation of Christ and his church. When I, when I do a, a wedding ceremony, I'll I'll, I'll, I'll remind the husband, you know, about this verse, and I'll say, you know, when, when people look at you, you should be a reflection of Christ's love and loyalty and faithfulness to his church. And, and so I'll tell the wife, when, when the, the bride, not, they haven't kissed yet, uh, when I talk to the bride, this, you will be a representation of the church, your respect and honor uh, for your husband will show what the church is to be. And so this is the picture that God puts in front of us. And it comes from the Old Testament also. It says, for your maker is your husband. The Lord of hosts is his name. Uh, the Holy One of Israel is your redeemer. Uh, if we are faithless, this is the faithfulness of God. He remains faithful. You see, our, our relationship with Christ is a marriage. He, it's, it's a love relationship. He proposed to us literally... Uh, for those of us who are aware of Christianity, he, approached, he, he, he proposed to us at the cross. He says, come on, I'll pay for your sins. I, I will be your husband. I will follow you. This, this example of getting ready and being faithful is, is huge. You know, I, I'm going to give you an example of a faithful husband. And, and, and many of you will be able to see through this and, and know who I'm talking about, but it doesn't matter who I'm talking about, the principle is absolutely true. Uh, this was a Christian couple, married 60 years. Uh, they were faithful to serve God in many places. Taught Christian classes, even on marriage. Committed to each other as the wife aged. Uh, they, they grew up, they went into the retirement years, but she started to develop dementia. She started to fade from reality during that time. Uh, it was difficult to watch, active, faithful, brilliant, really, in some characteristics, this Christian woman. I don't know why this happened. Uh, it's, it's a question that is not answerable. Why? Question to God. We talked about control issues when we talked about self-control. Uh, God's God. But I, I never figured out that why, but what I did learn was watching the husband and how he reacted. As she slipped away over the years, he faithfully loved her, even when she didn't remember who he was. Uh, as her dementia increased, they, they moved into a, 
a facility that had been in one before, but as her dementia increased, they went to another one where it was divided in two halves. Some of you may have been to these kind of facilities where on one half it's got a security element uh, to be able to, to protect the people, to keep them in an area. Uh, and then, but on the other half were people who, who were not challenged in that area and they could move about freely and actually go visit the ones on the other half. Two halves of this. Uh, the husband uh, was in the unit that he had freedom to move around. She was in the other unit at that time under supervision. Uh, my wife and I would go and visit them uh, and, and, and talk to the husband. And in a period of time as we were there, uh, almost every visit, he'd say, well, let's go see his wife. Let's go visit her. And, 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 and immediately when we went, uh, at the first couple of times, we interacted to a certain extent. After that, she didn't know who we were other than this handsome, tall, bald guy that you couldn't <laughs> believe who it was and his beautiful wife. Uh, but that continued, she continued to kind of decay and, and fade away. But her husband went and visited her, would sit with her, would care for her, would actually intervene and be her advocate for medical care during this time. And as she went more and more into a comatose state, he would go visit and just sit with her. That's faithfulness, guys. That's following your vows to the end. And the, the example of that has stuck with me. But also, there's something that, that's, that's even more powerful than that. Shortly after she passed away, he passed away. <laughs> They're together again. Yeah. They're together again. And not only that, they're going to join us at a party. It's called the wedding supper of the Lamb. For each Christ follower, there's, we're his bride, and we're going to get together when he comes back, and we're going to party hardy. Not of the worldly kind of stuff, but we're going to walk in a love and a peace and a joy with, in the presence of Christ and those others that know him in a way that is unbelievable in our human mind at this time. This is the promise when Christ comes back. Faithfulness. The faithfulness, if you will, of God. The faithfulness of God to fulfill his promises, not only to the couple I just talked about, but also to each and every one of us at that time when he comes. He is faithful. You know, some of the, the main verses, and, and this is true for me, and it's true for, for everyone who follows Christ. We need to call to mind those things. Some of the verses that point out God's faithfulness. Call to mind, therefore, I have hope. When I remember this, I've got hope. The steadfast love of the Lord, it never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is His faithfulness. I know in my life, I can just tell you how it's impacted me, and it may strike a note with some of you. There's times when things just go to smuckies. That's the Greek word for junk. And so we're struggling in a particular position, and we go to bed, and there's all these things going on in our mind. And for me, I'll get up in the morning, and I'll do what I always do. I'll be very godly and get a very strong cup of coffee. And then I'll start to spend time with God. And all of the stuff that was there starts to fade because God is present. His faithfulness is there renewed every morning. 
This is, this is what we count on. We count on a faithful God who is sovereign, who rules and reigns, who loves us in ways we cannot understand. The Lord appears at, from far away and says, I've loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, I continue my faithfulness to you. He will never abandon us or leave us behind. Great is his faithfulness. He's faithful in so many ways. One of, my, one of the, the verses that we all should be hanging on to is the fact that he's faithful to forgive us our sins. If we confess our sins, he's faithful to forgive us. It, it sits in the middle of a passage, and, and, and it says that, talking about walking in the light, it says, but if we confess our sins at the bottom, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We count on that. Because without the forgiveness and the ongoing cleansing of Christ, we can't come into the presence of a holy God. Notice the ifs that are put, the conditions that are put there. If we walk in the light, as he's in the light, then if we say we are sinners, if we say we have no sin, we're deceiving ourselves. This is the, the curse of 2021 and maintain a high self-esteem no matter what we're doing inside of our lives. We deceive ourselves. And if we confess, then he is faithful. He is faithful to forgive us. These are, this is his promise to us. Uh, God is also faithful. And this is something that's huge to me because I know how weak I am. And I, and I know the issues that I face. God promises to, to, to finish the work in me that he started. Uh, God will himself will sanctify us completely. Our whole spirit, soul, and body will be kept blameless. And look at that last verse. The promise is he, he who calls us is faithful. He will finish the work that he started. Right at the end of that, God's at work in us to will and to work is good pleasure. He's faithful. He will continue to build Christ into every person who will open their hearts to him and, and serve and draw near. God is faithful to complete the work that he started inside of us. And, and the fruit of faithfulness comes into our lives. First, faith. We're saved by faith. It's a gift, but we're saved by faith, and God gives it to us. He's faithful to give us the gift to all who call upon him. We're saved. I love this, and, and this, it's not of our own. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of your own. It is a gift of God. I used to think that grace was the gift. No, faith is the gift that allows us to be saved by his grace. We can't work for it. We can't earn it. We can't do anything. It's a gift from God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. One of the, there's a, there's a doctrine in theology that, that we're going to get to heaven and it's going to all be about rewards. They're going to have crowns stacked up and we're going to be the bodacious dudettes and dudes that are walking around up there. Uh, the truth is there's no bragging rights in heaven. Anything that, that I or you or any follower of Christ from the highest saint to the, to the lowest sinner has done, it's not our works, it's his. And so this, this promise, this faithfulness uh, that is there in each one of these things is the promise. And I had him put this verse up because we're surrounded by a cloud of witnesses. This, this, this verse comes out of Hebrews uh, 12, 1 and 2. Since we're surrounded by this cloud of witnesses, who's watching us? In this case, it's the Old Testament saints. 
In our case, it's also the Old Testament saints. We got, we got Jeremiah, we got Isaiah, we got Mo, uh, Moses, to those of you who don't have first name basis with him, uh, uh, watching us as we live our lives. They're looking down. Uh, this is the cloud and crowd of witnesses that are there. And so we're encouraged because we're also being followed and watched by all the saints of the New Testament, all the saints since him, all the martyrs who have died for the last 2,000 years for Christ. They're watching us. Wow. Sit in the grandstands. And so we're encouraged with them watching and our kids watching and our neighbors watching and our co-workers watching to run with endurance the race that's before us. And again, looking at Jesus, again, the founder and perfecter, the beginner and finisher of our faith. Keep our eyes on him for the joy that was set before him in each of these things that he gives us. Faith empowers endurance inside of our lives. The, the proof of that, the building of this faith, how do we build our faith? There's a uh, a couple of verses where one father comes and says, help my unbelief. That's one of my favorite prayers. Help my unbelief. Uh, but, but we're told that, that without faith it's impossible to please God. Whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those that, that he is a good God. Not a terrifying God that's presented to so many kids uh, as they grow up. You, know, you better be good or he's going to, you know, it's, you know, it's, never mind. Uh, he's a good God. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. This is, and for those of you who have been to Crossroads for a while, this is one of my favorite verses. This is, this is not a feeling based on a dream and a hope out there. These, this verse is clear. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction. The word assurance is the Greek word hupostasius. Hupo is under, stasius is stanchion. Underneath, it's a foundation. Underneath, faith is the foundation of reality that sets upon it. It's the conviction, and the word is evidence of things not seen. God gives us foundation and evidence for our faith. It's not a feeling deal. We don't have to check our brains at the church house when we come in. Uh, we can, we're made rational beings. We're, he said, people of old receive condemnation. For faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God. And that what is seen has not been made out of things that are visible. The, the, the epic battle in our culture today is the lies of the world pushing upon our kids for 60 years, oh, excuse me, almost now uh, 80 years the lie of evolution, which is scientifically unsound. You know, this building our faith, every day I read a couple of books, uh, just one page in each one, it's a daily reader, about the proofs of creationism over evolution. And it, just quickly, so you guys can get out of here and eat donuts before 2 o'clock. Uh, uh, the one who was just talking about mutations per generations and the number of generations and where we are, if we look honestly uh, at, the, at the decay in our DNA factors, shows that we're a very young Earth. Uh, the rate of mutations, uh, very clear that are there. But as I study these things, I don't study them for 
just to know them, I study them because it builds my faith. It reminds me that at a moment in time, God spoke. And all that we know exists, was created. This is a foundation of faith uh, that takes place. Without faith, it's impossible. And, and why do we need to build our faith? Just very simply, because faith leaks. We, faith leaks. Because we live in a world of, of pressures and, and false information and lies and all this stuff coming at us, it wears on us. So we have to take a step back and we have to pursue truth and build ourselves up in the truth. Because if we just listen to CNN or Fox, depending on which your sickness is uh, politically, uh, whatever that is, we won't hear that truth. We'll hear opinion. We'll hear rumor. We'll hear those things. That we, we need to seek God up close. Read the scripture. It defines our worldview. It defines what's going on around us. We're, we're told that scripture is breathed by God. It's profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that you and I might be adequately equipped for every good work. The, I love this, this little train set. Uh, faith has to have an object. For a Christian, the faith is not a religious doctrine. They're facts, scientific facts, historical facts, facts that are proven by uh, prophecy, which actually tells us and proves that the Bible is inspired by God, written for our edification, and to prove that he's real. He tells us the future. It's inerrant, free from error, and immutable, not capable of change, and inspired God breathed. Read the Bible if you want faith to be faithful in those things. That's the promise that he gives us. You know, the understanding of our faith has an object. That's Jesus Christ. One of the things, and, and don't, I, I, I tend to, and, and I have a tendency that I have to guard, to try and study so much when I forget what the cornerstone is, what the focus is. Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through him. It's a very narrow, hard path in the culture that we live in to follow and live out and proclaim to other people that truth. We don't proclaim it. We don't hit them over the head with a 42-pound King James. Unless they turn around and you can... No. Uh, we don't do that. We present truth first and foremost by our lives. If we're not living it, don't proclaim it, please. If our faithfulness, our love, our joy, our peace, our patience isn't evident, then just please don't tell them you're a Christian. Take the, we talked about this last week. Take the bumper sticker off in those cases. But enter by the narrow gate because everyone else is on the wide gate in 2021. Christ is the focus. He died for our sins. He rose from the dead. He is alive today. He is the focus of our hope in this life and the one to come. Hang on for uh, a truth bullet about faithfulness. A truth bullet. God says, don't be unfaithful. He says in the, in the Ten Commandments, he starts out with them. 
You shall have no other gods before me. He says, there's one God and it's me. And, and through, through the power, he says, no other gods before me. Don't make yourself a carved image or any likeness or anything that in heaven above or earth below. Don't bow down and worship them. For our God is a jealous God. Jealous. We take that as a negative trait. It certainly isn't. In his case, it's a perfectly unselfish, humble trait. Because he wants our affection, not for his good. Because most people, when we hear jealousy today, it's, it's some mate trying to control the other one or that, some situation uh, that they have something we want. That's not the case here. God wants this. He's jealous for our total affection because he knows if we take our eyes off him, if we start listening to the other voice and pursue money, pursue fame, pursue anything above him, it becomes our idol. So he, he is very serious about us being totally faithful to him into all areas of our lives. Back to the example of the husband and the wife. He calls for 100% faithfulness. Well, God, that's kind of unreasonable. Now, I won't ask for a show of hands, but I don't think there's anyone here that would step up and get married to a mate that promised to be 99% faithful. I see that. <laughs> I see some attitude checks in here. Uh, because if we're 99% faithful, that means 3.5 days a year, we're on our own. We can be as unfaithful as we want in person. We can be as unfaithful as we want on the internet. We can be unfaithful as we want at work or in other relationships where we build emotional bonds with someone other than our wife that are deeper than they should be. Unfaithfulness to God. He's very serious. He says, and, and he calls out in, in the next verse in James 4, 4, he says, you adulterous people. Don't you know that friendship with the world is enmity toward God? He considers disobedience adultery. We take it as, oh, well, it's just sin. No. It's adultery against the living God. And again, we all sin, so let me not get into any kind of a holiness role here. We all sin. We all fall short, but we don't do it. I sin against my wife. She'll tell you. Loudly, I think. No, honestly, she will. But I never do it deliberately. Who would I, what kind of a guy would I be if I, I, I sin willfully and against her in any way, shape, or form? That would be adultery against my marriage. And this is adultery against God. We should take seriously this love that he's poured out for us in our relationship. As he is faithful with us, we should be faithful to him. Our promise to Jesus Christ is, I, Bill, promise to love you, Jesus, at all times. You see where this comes from? A wedding vow. To be your follower, for better or for worse, in sickness and in health, for richer or poorer, as it is God's will. I pledge myself to you, and I will forsake all others and be faithful to you. This is the call of a basic biblical Christian. No fancy saint, no nothing, just a Mark 1 motto, basic Christian who loves Jesus Christ enough to not sin against him and inflict upon him additional pain. 
faithfulness to the living God. We're called to it. How do we summarize? Wow. First, uh, know the difference between faithfulness and unfaithfulness. Know the ultimate test is of our faithfulness. Have we been faithful with little so we can enter into the joy of his, our master? Well, that's what we want. Guard against the small compromises that will lead us down a wide, destructive path that seems easy at the time. That's the way of the world, unfaithfulness, not adhering to the vows that we have. Remind ourselves God is faithful to us. Faithful. And there's some people here that are, that are, that are going through hard times. I, I know that because this is life. Faithful is your God. His mercies are renewed every morning. I love the song, Great is Thy Faithfulness. That's a promise to each of us. And also build our faith clearly on Jesus Christ. He is the object and the perfecter of our faith in our lives. We, I put, by the way, at the bottom uh, of your outline online and on your phone, not in your bulletin because it won't fit, a long list of, of resources that can, that can go beyond uh, what we talk about today if you want to pursue more knowledge in this area. Uh, God's call. Faithfulness. Would you join me in prayer? Father, thank you for being a forgiving, gracious, giving God who, who meets us where we are. You're faithful to present Christ to us. Christ is faithful to forgive us our sins as we confess them. You are faithful to finish the work that you began in us. You are faithful to see us to the end. We thank you for all of that. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. 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 Thanks very much for coming. Join us next week.